Hello and welcome to another episode of Corks Talk where I talk about anything and everything of interest to me, whether that be political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental, cultural, you name it, I'll speak about it. And today's episode is a mixture, um, it's a review of We Are History, uh, which was an exhibition at the Somerset House curated by Echo Eshun, and um, it featured many artists but the main focus was the interplay between race colonialism and climate change and I think it was a really good effectively um, presented exhibition it was again a mixture of form and painting and sculpture and video so it was um, multi functional in that respect, uh, use different use different forms, audiovisual, physical to really encapsulate what it means to be usually from some kind of kind of indigenous ethnic group but be displaced by the horrors of climate change. There was a strong focus on pretty much the Caribbean and South American areas that have been blighted particularly because of their location and because of their topography have been blighted with climate disaster um, it, forever. They've always been de- dealing with it, but as of yet, it's been increasing because of the actions of the West, which I know probably sounds really nonsensical to someone who doesn't know geography or just is a climate denier, but people don't realize that everything we do on earth has a feedback loop so it affects the things that happen on land affect what happens in the sky and so and so forth you know we're all connected and the way that was demonstrated in this particular exhibition was through the eyes of people who had dealt with it either personally or in some ways ancestrally you know because I like the name we are history you know it made me feel impactful it's like every time you walk out the door in your house you are an example you don't realize it you don't want to be you you just want to be you but at the end of the day you are a walking displacement yeah and no one tells you that no one tells you that you are a walking displacement but you are because how nonsensical it is for this West African girl to exist in this Western country, right? It's interesting, but also quite strange. And um, I got that idea of strangeness in many of the pieces I saw. Um, there were focuses on natural landscapes more so than people, which I liked because it reminds us that we you know we are we are from the ground, you know, we, we we decompose and we become dust, right? And I think a lot of us forget that, you know, it's so crazy how we have a consciousness right now, but in a couple of years, a couple of years, a couple of decades, that brain, that matter disappears and then suddenly you're just dust and bones and you used to be a whole human being under there. It it can can get quite scary when you really think about it but I think it's humbling because it reminds me to keep doing what I need to do you know every time I forget that like oh I'm tired I don't want to do this anymore I'm feeling lazy I'm just like to myself but you know what what else would I be doing I might as well 
make whatever name for myself I can than to be sitting around asking myself, oh, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? You know, like, just do more. Just do more. And um, the first piece I saw was by Otabong Akanga. And that was um, a piece about the colonna. And I've read, skimmed Chinua Achebe's, um book, Things Fall Apart. So I'm not sure if it's in relation to the Igbo culture, but I know that there is some spiritual significance to this. This nuts. And um, it was a depiction of a tree. And um, the way the artist described it in the um, box with the information, and it was very interesting. Um, it spoke about the cultural significance of the colonel in Nigeria. And um, this idea that a tree can grow and it can have, like, two destinies. It was, like, two different branches. And or was it a, on the trunk, there were, like, some platforms and... One held the image of a colonel tree and another supported a photograph of colonels in transit. So it's like they can either be left to grow or they will travel a journey, you know. And it gave me that image of migration and, you know, we are part of the earth and we move around, you know. We're never static. For years and years, people have been migrating and people have been mixing. And it's only, I guess, upon the onset of, you know, white supremacy and racism that it's become a thing where people have tried to really delineate themselves they always have you know through language through custom to appearance but to the degree of superiority and inferiority that we see in this day and age with you know excessive war and um refusal of aid and disease and manifestations of all of these global crises that unequally affect the global south to a much worse disproportionate measure than the North is a deliberate act. And I think that's what people need to remember. Like, this is not an accident, you know, that when fossil fuels are emitted from one country or where military bases are are stationed in another country, this is not a, um, a deliberate antagonism towards Indigenous local peoples who may not want to live near a factory, right? Because in a rich area, that's not going to happen, right? In a... A place that has, I guess it. I would guess I would say an accountable law enforcement. That's not going to happen, right? And um, I I go to these galleries on a whim. I make sure to attend them because I think I think they're amazing places to be just for your mental health. Being in the silent room with art pieces around you will really ground you, gravitate you and that but seeing what people can create is always very very interesting to me like that idea of taking something from an idea in your mind and producing something physical and bright or interesting with it is 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 very unique um one of the pieces by Carolina Caicedo was lovely it was this form it was a book Serpent River book and um it had this again cultural indigenous significance of the significance of the serpent you know because in christianity it's that's a negative connotation i remember one time this is a slang term you know calling someone a snake i must have said someone's a snake and my dad was like never say that right because it's got like devilish connotations right so when you're speaking be careful but this idea that the serpent in other 
cultures was not necessarily this image of evil that we've seen in in Abrahamic religions, right? And how much of nature is demonized, but right now is very interesting because I think it goes hand in hand with the destruction of black and indigenous people of color, actually, you know, because we are seen as closest to the land, right? Because let's say hypothetically that we did look more like animals, that we were closer to animals. What's so wrong with that? It's the fact that that's a demonized thing. That's the problem because I know people don't want to broach into that conversation because then you get eugenicy, right? But I'm here to kind of pull the band-aid off and say, who cares if black and and indigenous people are closer to animals, that we can communicate with them, that we look like them? Because animals are not these horrific beings all the time. Like, bear in mind, we've got David Attenborough researching, dedicating his life to analysing and studying animals. And a lot of people owning pets and other people going to view them and yes we've got the image of menacing animals that kill and destroy and 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 are not friendly but then we've also got the fact that there's a harmony going on between their existence and the plants that grow um the biodiversity that exists the order of mankind it is very much related to the animal species but because we just decided one day that they're not that important like so you know you get fox hunting or um or or, or ivory hunting and um or just killing animals for sport like deer hunting like why why you don't need this pigeon killing why i don't even like pigeons but i definitely don't think you need to shoot them like it's so crazy how We've come to a place whereby we don't respect nature, and I think arguably, if you don't respect nature, how can you expect? How can you respect people who live in rural areas, like mainly black and indigenous people? But bear in mind, there are people in all places in the world, in the West as well, that live in rural areas. Like, you know, it's it's crazy that we haven't made that connection in our minds yet, because the destruction of the two are are connected, whether we like it or not. So Somerset House did a brilliant job in um, exhibiting this um, exhibition. And Ekoa Shun had some really good things to say on the Somerset House website. So I'm going to share that in the biography of this podcast episode. Because I think it's important to note that this is a global issue. Like, I was actually conversing with an artist who I've been a really big fan of for years and years and years, a Nigerian-Canadian artist, Ojo Argi. And um, she made a piece called, a series called Daughters of Diaspora that at the time was so original and unique to me because I really needed to see representation of like African-descended people in the West in the way that she depicted it. Sometimes they're very stylized as, you know, Mother Earth, Venus, basically dehumanized, but also made into some kind of mythical being. But she just presented us as human we were talking back and forth and she was talking about how like the black and indigenous people of color um representation in canada is just it's it's so far behind and funnily enough canada is one of those countries whereby you don't actually get that much information as to what happened to them many years before um with their indigenous communities they've kind of hidden that i feel like america has had to reckon with it australia has had to reckon with it um 
and Canada has just kind of been left out of the conversation. But they have a history of indigenous communities that everywhere in Americas do, the whole Americas do, like, and people don't want to come to that conclusion because I think to admit that would be to say I'm a settler, and um, no one wants to get to that level of 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 admitting that, and um, I'm not really bothered with convincing people of who I am you know it's not about a renaissance for me we were always here it's just people are paying attention now but I do want people to understand that you know anything that affects a particular race or community disproportionately is a cause for concern you know it becomes an ism or schism it's no longer just this linear thing that affects everyone equally and nothing really affects anyone equally to be fair but I I kind of agree with what a lot of people are saying in the debunking of the pre-privilege discourse because it's not about this privilege which kind of links to this one-upmanship of I'm worse off than you because of this one degree like we are so multifaceted someone could be above you on this stake and below you on this stake and we could create economies of scale and and qualify how oppressed a person is by appointing a point score but we're not going to do that because it, it it kind of defeats the point Ironically, if we were to unpack a lot of these isms and schisms, a lot of the problems in the world would probably disappear or disevolve, disevolve or dissolve, because they affect all of us, and we don't even realise it. You know, when your the price of your food is going up or going down, or the quality of your life is going up or going down, you're wondering how. And I'm telling you, someone is paying the cost. Like that, that's just that's just physics, right? So I'm very conscious of climate change in a place like Ghana whereby my family comes from a coastal area so just seeing how high water rising water levels can affect the landscape of people's homes is a basic um, fact for me but it goes further than that like it goes much much further than that um people are not realizing that Everything you do is becoming an unconscious political statement, right? I'll be out in a space and I'll just be minding my business and people will be treating me with intrigue, right? And it's not flattering and it's it's just a case of we haven't seen, seen someone like you in this space, right? And I'm not someone who likes to draw attention. I like to get my work done and whatever, but I'm realising that wherever I go is always going to be especially particularly in England or the UK or in the Western countries, it's always going to be a big deal that I am there if it's in a space that people like me are not usually. That, that doesn't give me... um, uh, That doesn't get me gas. It, it's more so an annoyance, but to get the annoyance, I'm, I'm bothered by the fact that we forget how impactful we are. We forget how powerful we are as people. Right? We can feel really helpless when you're sucked into a, a, a life or a terrible cycle and I was talking to a friend about this today about like a lot of the time young people are disillusioned they're scared they're worried they don't know who to speak to and they keep it to themselves they think they're the only person 99.9% of the time there's someone else out there who's doing exactly the same thing as you has felt the same things as you but because you haven't reached out for help or you haven't communicated with it to other people you are thinking you're alone you're not, you're not alone, you know, you are, 
dealing with things that other humans deal with and you can overcome it or you can learn to bear with it and deal with it with professional support reassurance a good network of friends you know i was talking to my friend about the fact that people don't realize how hard it is as a diaspora to maintain a community in the western world like it's such a it's because we were younger we were in school and we were people that looked like us that we completely took it for granted when you become an adult in the working world all you really have is your friends like unless you have a partner all you have is your friends because what's happening is that people are losing their parents people are disconnecting from their siblings and they're like i'm lonely we're probably the loneliest generation that's ever been statistics have come out today saying that you know the level of women above 30 who are childless has reached a record number and why wouldn't it why wouldn't it when literally every single person that you meet feels disillusioned from connecting with someone else romantically because of expectation or fear it's like who who do you even who do you even trust enough to be there for you the truth is people fantasize about like life that they want with connections of people that they desire to be with and they that obviously is not necessarily true it's sometimes a fairy tale sometimes it's achievable but it doesn't even seem like people want to take the first step and the people that do take the first step everyone i wouldn't say ridiculed them but they watch for the failure to happen because it feels like it's going to happen inevitably like oh i knew that this shit was not going to work because so and so it's like you've never been in the relationship how can you tell someone what you knew was going to work you know what i mean like and even if you were right i think people need to realize that humans are transients and uh, they're gonna shift and change and it's not about staying the it's about watching the other grow and helping and supporting and loving them regardless because you know i don't want to stay stagnant i want to make sure that my life is full and rich and I have people to um, do stuff with and places to go. But the presumption that, you know, someone's going to stick by me through all that, uh, it's, it doesn't even feel, it's not very realistic, is it? You know? It's a case of working your, 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 you're working your ass off, you know? You work your ass off. And, um, learn, read, express, and I am planning to keep on going with what I'm doing. Even if I take breaks, I'm never going to give up, right? The goal is always to achieve more, see how long it will last, where I can go with it, because otherwise, I'm I'm wasting my time, right? I'm, I'm wasting my existence, and I don't like that. I don't like waking up and not knowing what to do. I'll have a list of things to do, and I know I'll get all of it done, but if I can even get half of my to-do list done, that's a life well spent. Genuinely, in my opinion, that's a life well spent, because it's better than nothing, you know? You try. You try. And it's like, I'm trying, but I know I need to try harder, because it's true what they say about two times harder, half what they get. My God, is it true? So, I am going to tidy my room and get on with this bloody work. I don't know if I'll take a nap now or later, but let's see. Um, Yeah, it's really important to go to these exhibitions. People probably just think I'm there for image. 
I'm there because I want to learn and it's a different form of learning beyond a podcast or reading a book you know just looking at images and the image can tell um, a thousand words you know um, and that's the way you have to see it if you want to absorb as much information as possible you look at photos and you look at the story behind them and um, again I saw a frequency of kanga fabrics which reminds me of the Lubaina Hamid exhibition it's like East Africans are the people that I feel like in terms of the global stage were at one point exoticized um, they still are like the Horners are exoticized visually the women in particular but I mean the landscape of the country being like oh I did something in Kenya or oh, I did something in Tanzania it was like um it's this rural area with all these animals and hardly any humans and you could just go and have an adventure there and these are these are places that people live in like these are habitats and properties and 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 and, and people deserve respect and and it's due sooner rather than later and seeing a fabric that is connected to a land it's humbling. Like, it might seem minor, but it's like this land ha- has claim to this fabric. You know, considering you've got place, people like Disney who have tried to copyright everything, right? Bloody, they've tried to copyright, um, yeah, pretty much everything. And um, it's not worth it. Like, being in a country like that, With so much rich history, just for someone to come and commodify and say, you know what, I want to have claim to your, your your phrase because it was popular in a movie. Like, are you crazy? You can't do those things. So, I'm gonna rest. Right after this episode, but I, yeah, I I really enjoyed the exhibition. I'm trying to think of any other notable points. The last. And the end of it was, because it was quite short, it was like three rooms maximum, three, four, three or four rooms maximum. And um, the last two rooms were airing videos, right? So one of the rooms was airing a video by Alberto Whittle. And I believe that was, what's it called? From the concrete, from the concrete to the forest, right? And um, it was like a Caribbean woman who was, Afro-Caribbean woman who, was talking about you know the experience of of being of belonging to a land and the people that have dealt with so much but just by the climate alone like people understand people understand that even just to live in another terrain is difficult we don't see ourselves as monuments right but what Kodro Karam said was right in terms of you know what the right gets wrong about culture is that it's a living thing and then that article I read in my times I know I've shared it before talking about you know, you you're looking for a, a Confederate mon- monument, and it was about the Confederate statues being um broken down, being um broken down, and then she said, "My body is the monument," and I was like, "That's what I think." Like when people are crying about Bristol statues being um knocked down, you know, you want to look for history. The history is in the people. The history is in the 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 kid that's in class with you that whose parents come from X Y Z country. These are reminders of the country's colonialism because it's not every country in the world that can welcome an immigrant population like Britain. And when I say welcome, I mean 
but the fact that we have the the language we're not learning a new language you know some of us have extended relatives in other countries who have had to learn that language but english is a first language for a lot of african countries a lot of asian countries right and whose fault is that yeah that's not to remind or guilt trip because i don't like the guilt tripping it's the awareness that makes people i think build better solutions to deal with it that's what i would like you know I want, okay, so we've had this conversation, so how do we better ourselves to make sure that, you know, climate change doesn't kill people in coastal countries and cities, you know? Or how do you make sure that racism doesn't kill that person who's minding their business on the street because of what their colour is, they're they're in trouble, you know what I mean? Like, it should be a practicable response, but fact is, is that there are some people who are just grifters who just want to talk about it and they really want to do anything about it, want to make money from it and just not do anything about it. And then there are some who genuinely want to help but don't have the resources. And then there are some who just are none the wiser and just want to ignore. And wherever you sit in that paradigm, you own that. But I'm trying to be on the side of history whereby I've tried, like as Adele sang in her song, to be loved. Like I've tried. I'm trying. I want there to be more that I can do it makes you feel helpless but if if there's a little I can do then that's enough because I'm done I'm done with the stress had so many bloody issues over the past couple of weeks right I'm letting it go I'm letting life go because I can't do this anymore like I can't keep doing this stuff repetitive behaviors I just need to be on top of things I need to be better I need to be stronger I need to be more brazen and I'm already there, I just need to strengthen it because I'm getting slowly, um, um, slowly improved. So, yeah, I think that's the end of this episode. I'm just going to quickly look through my Instagram story to see whether I posted anything else regarding um, this exhibition that I think will be worth talking about. Like I said, I'll put everything that I came across in the description bar but oh yeah there were some features about madagascar which i really really liked um just because i feel like again even the film madagascar like it's a real country but we make we make um myths myths of these very real landscapes you know and again madagascar that film disney or disney i don't know dreamworks one of them just featured animals like there were like hardly any humans like people forget that these are landscapes with actual people right and um the 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 focus on water again is always a huge thing i guess because we're all connected to it in some way but the caribbean um, representations especially alberta whittle really had a strong focus on water that i really 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 enjoyed like i'm just so obsessed with that theme nowadays and they had a poem from Octavia Butler, um, and it was talking about changes ongoing. Everything changes in some way. Every living thing, every bit of matter, all the energy in the universe changes in some way. That's Octavia Butler, parable of the sower. And it just reminds me of water constantly. It's current. It's moving. It's like the fact that the synonym for the word water is current is a very beautiful thing to me. That's sumptuous, you know. And um, I love language. I love learning. And I just never want to stop. I keep going out and meeting people and doing events because I just can't be at my home all day. Why would I? It's just heartbreaking. It's destroying. It's destroying. It's soul destroying. Uh, I, I hate that. 
but the final thing I saw was um, the film The Sea's History, which I'm going to have to watch again somehow because I didn't even get to finish it because I got to that exhibition pretty late. But um, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal um, feature. It had a poet, a poem by Derek Walcott, who I think is the maybe the first St. Lucian poet to win, like, there was a particular award that he won, but he's very, very, very well and high esteemed, just conveying language that was excellent and so to the point and exactly what you need to hear. You know, these sonic explorations I'm really enjoying, or similar in Labena Hamid's exhibition too, like having that accompaniment when you're walking through these venues is really important. You know, it gets you in that zone. You become more immersed when you're hearing things than when you're just seeing things, but I enjoyed the sight. I enjoyed the 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 um diversity of imagery beyond just painting and even fabric. There were little postcards and sculpt and like little sculptures too. Starfish, turtles. Really liked that. Like I just I'm I I'm trying to become more I feel like these were like talismans. I'm trying to become more spiritual right connecting with things that connected to me so when people are always talking about you know jewelry and stuff I'm like mm, yeah but what does it mean like I want something meaningful so when I want to buy something I want to be able to say this contributes to this and it, yeah if obviously something looks nice I want to get it but I want it to mean something if I'm wearing it same way I want a tattoo to mean something same way I want my clothes to mean something and not just be that they're expensive you know it's just like they make me feel a way know comfortable and strong and that's that's my destiny for life so yeah I'm really thankful that um I managed to make it in time for that exhibition I believe it ends in 6th of Feb so I don't know how likely it is that people will get to read it and read it read it see it in due time but I know usually exhibitions like these come again so just keeping your eyes peeled will be a good idea until then, thank you for listening to this episode of this review. And I hope to share another one soon. I don't know where my next exhibition is. I think there's another one in the Tate. but And it's again about um, a, a British Caribbean artist. Um, and it's about water. I think it's called Between Two Worlds, Two Worlds something to that effect. So I'm going to try and attend that and give a little review on that. In the meantime, do take care of yourself. Hope you enjoy your Sunday. And um, yeah, thanks for listening.